We have to let the people speak. Because we are ending oppression. We are not trying to modify oppression. All this reform I'm hearing, you cannot reform oppression, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot reform oppression. Can you hear me in the back? You have to end oppression. There's no reform in this business that we are in. If there was a reform, if there was reforming, it would have been done. What the oppressors are looking for and their supporters is a perfection of oppression. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let The Stands, the music and culture podcast with a marked focus on stand culture. This is episode 9 of season 5 and you're here today with your hosts Eads McKenzie and Nicholas Durrell and Chopin. And first and foremost we wanted to say, although we're about we're about to talk about music and all of those kind of like joyous things, um, we are aware and support Africans across the continent right now. Um, there's so many things going on. There's the NSARS movement going on in Nigeria. There's Shia All Down going on in Namibia um, as women fight for equality. There is child trafficking in Ivory Coast and Ghana. So many different countries in Africa are going through so many human rights violations at the moment. And we just wanted to say, although we are having these conversations about music news um, and being quite casual with what we're talking about, there is an awareness. We are aware that there are so many things going on at the moment. Um, and we are trying to spread awareness as much as we can. So check out our social media pages. Um, That's Pod. We'll be retweeting and spreading any factual information we can um, on our platforms. Um, and if we can find any petitions or anything, we will put it in the description for the episode. Cool. Nick Chopé, how you doing? Um, it has been a very hard week, to say the least um because of what's going on in across the continent um and just yeah just seeing people my people my friends um in agony this week you know so that has kind of spread towards me and made me feel a type of way i know that i particularly got to speak to a protester who was on the ground um and I'm not going to lie, like, we cried it out together, like, us in the chat that they were in. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not been a good week. I'm not going to lie to anyone. Um, yeah, uh, I'm just, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. That's it. You know, I'm just with, although, like, my direct lineage is, a, is in the Caribbean, West Indies, um, my heart is obviously still with the whole of the continent, including particularly Nigeria and Congo right now, um, who are going through it. Uh, so yeah, of course I'm NSARS and everything. I'm pro that. And it's just a shame. It's a shame to see the shackles of like colonialism play out. But again, we're trying to lift you guys up and distract you this week. But yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I can't really put it into any positive spin at the end like I tried to, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. How are you guys? Shop A, Eden, how's, how are you? 
um it's been a tough week um especially with what's going on in nigeria and so many different places it was really hard to find where to look and how to help and how to be an ally and support people around you who are going through things in their home country at the moment um so i found that particularly hard kind of the proximity but also awareness of what's going on back in nigeria back in um, congo and so many different places um at the moment so yeah it's as a black person it's been really hard um there's been a lot of feelings of helplessness from me because africa to me um although the west indies does exist and there are black people in majorities in south america and so many different places africa for me is a place where black people need to know like we are there we need to know that um there's systems in place that support us in our home countries and for a lot of us that isn't the case so like seeing what's going on in nigeria was really depressing i had to try and figure out how to support but also make sure i was taking social media breaks which i know is a privilege but honestly it was too much it was just way too much um and also um i didn't mention uh what's going on in trinidad at the moment so the oil spill in the ocean outside of trinidad and how that will affect the west indies was another piece of news that was quite depressing it just seems like during black history month we had a lot of um violations and abuses and human rights um violations in our home countries and that kind of trickled down to the people from the diaspora back here so if you're listening to this i know how you feel um at least i know parts of how you feel i can relate to it and i empathize with you and i wish and try and figure out ways to support but it's been a very very busy week for me um i had to take last week off just because of personal reasons um and i just needed a break i needed to just get over a situation um a breakup and it was just it was just i needed that piece for the week um and interestingly enough i don't know if you guys experience this but when i'm going through emotionally taxing situations listening to music is very very hard for me like i was looking up artists that i don't even listen to like young jeezy for example just to just to listen to some music um because everything else was quite hurtful to me um so yeah that's me in a nutshell um and i kind of wanted to ask what you guys are looking forward to this week if there's anything you're looking forward to because i don't want it to just be a situation where we are like looking down at what's going on right now is there anything you guys are looking forward to um in ter- uh, i mean i've got a break coming up uh to celebrate my birthday and stuff so i I'm just looking to book that this weekend. Um, I just want to get away somewhere, like not internationally, um, but just like across the country and just like go to spa, get a massage, all that kind of jazz and just turn off. I think Chope will know this more out of all of us, but I've just been so busy like the last couple of months in terms of work and then outside of work, the projects have just ramped up and stuff like that. I haven't finished everything for the year, but once that finishes, which will be in the, I'd say in the next 14 days, hopefully, which falls mm-hmm. just into that week of my birthday, um, I can just literally turn off and forget about anything <laughs> and like mm-hmm. take a mini kind of break. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to the final pieces I'm working on as well, which will be really exciting to kind of craft and mould. It's always a creative process trying to 
get things together. But um, this week I couldn't do really much because of obviously like just fatigue. It felt kind of like July. But um, mm. yeah, going into these next couple of weeks, hopefully I can get back into slowly getting productivity back so I can finish everything and then take that break. I'm really looking forward to the massage. Like I do love massages. So yeah, I need that. I need that. I need that. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, I'm happy for you. Like massages are something that I miss from that, like the old world. So I hope you enjoy that. Um, and I hope it brings you some yeah. kind of peace. Mask will be on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mask will be on for sure. But um, yeah, but look, that's what I'm trying to follow through. I'm like, I want to go to a professional one that follows all the rules and stuff. So mm. that, I'm just trying to make the right calls and, you know, check things out before I book. But yes, honestly, like a massage, just sitting in a pool or some shit, like that will be swimming. That will be really kind of therapeutic, hopefully. Um, and just turn okay. it off as well. But yeah, um, Chope, if anything, passing the baton to you. And then Eden, of course, as well. Um, in the immediate future, I'm seeing a friend today. But other than that, I'm just taking it one day as it comes. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, for me, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I've recently taken up guitar. I was going to say so... guitar lesson, like something coming yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm relearning guitar because, as I said in an uh, episode like last week or not last week, week before, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm listening to more instruments in music and I'm noticing kind of how much they build up the song. I don't know if that makes sense, but I used to focus more on the vocalist mm. when I listened to music. And the way I listen to music now has changed a lot. Um, and I was having like a session with my friend Khalil where we were just listening to a lot of old school music over the phone. And I was just like, the instrumentation is just out of this world there are so many different songs we've been listening to and it's just like how do people think of this when you're learning an instrument and you realize what goes into uh, making certain sounds and where your fingers need to be and kind of chords and um, all of those and shapes and the like especially in guitar you're like how the hell did Prince and all of these like star guitarists do what they did like it's just for me it's an exercise in appreciating music um mm. like i just love the guitar and i love the piano i love all of the instruments that i hear now um and it just sounds a lot more richer to me i don't know if it's an age thing but i have much more appreciation for just instrumentals um so yeah that's me that's what i'm looking forward to this week that sounds really if there's cool. nothing yeah i mean it's it's a journey it's hard like my fingers hurt um oh yeah got every guitarist i know fingers like kill <laughs> like, listen like, it's, no, it's honestly no joke because i walk around now with little um lines in my fingers now and there's parts of my oh fingers my that just feel like hard like calluses um but it's worth it because when i'm learning some songs i'm just like wow this is this is amazing like you're thinking of the song and then you're playing the music at the same time you're just like raw like this is just amazing. And I understand why people love music so much. And I understand why I love so music so much and why it's so embedded in um, black culture as well. It's a feeling that you can't describe. So um, yeah, man, that's me. That's what I'm looking forward to this week. Should we get into the music section? So Chope, do your thing, man. Can I go last this time? Yeah, yeah, sure. I've got a list of things I'm listening to. So do you want me to just go straight in? Yes, sir. Cool. Go for it. You have to say the intro though. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah. So, as always, we're going to now just get into our lessons for the week. Eden. Cool. Um, I'm going to start. I've got three 
pieces of music to bring. So one is an album, one is a song, and another one is a song as well, actually. So I'm going to start with Thames for Broken Ears. So Thames is oh, a Nigerian. Taste, taste. Yes, she's amazing. She is amazing. Um, so Thames is a Nigerian artist. Um, she makes kind of like alte Afro pop slash R&B type of music. Um, and I discovered her for an alte playlist that I found on Spotify. And I'm just so in love with the music. Um, there's just so many different topics she talks about. And I was reading a few interviews by her because she talks about how um, her getting into music was something she wasn't kind of pushed to do. Um, she went to school and then she kind of was avoiding going to university. Then her mom enrolled her in a university in South Africa where she went to go study economics. <coughs> um, and then she just wrote a song on the fly, uh, released it, and it got a lot of attention, a lot of love from people. Um, I forgot what the song was called, but it got a lot mm -hmm. of love and support from people. Oh, Mr. Rebel. That's it. Try Me and Mr. Rebel were the two songs that blew yep. up by her. Yep. And um, from then, she was just like, okay, I'm going to start making music now. And she released this album for Broken Ears. And there are just so many songs that really resonated with me. Um, she, there's one song on there called Ice Tea. And Ice Tea is basically about when life gives you lemons, um, you basically just have to make the best of the situation. And she's basically saying in the song, no matter what energy or mood you give me, I will turn it into Ice Tea. I will turn it into a good thing. Um, and I, I think for me, like in the current like mindset that I am in and um, where I was last week as well, I need that bittersweet type of music. Like life is giving you a lot of lemons, but you can find a way to still find happiness in the moment. And that song really resonated with me. And I really love the, the kind of production behind it and everything. Um, the intro track Interference has like a gospel type of um, instrumentation on it. Um, there's a lot of piano, I believe. I have to listen to it again. I'm trying to remember as I'm speaking, but there's piano in it and she kind of mixes like Afro pop um, kind of like um, uh, pigeon on it as well. And it's just a very, very beautiful introduction to the album. My favorite song on the album though, and if you've kind of been speaking to me about music lately, um, you'll know what I'm going to say, but my favorite song on this album is Free Mind. Free Mind is a beautiful song. It's about like how there are so many things on her mind at the moment and she is um, trying to get through the day, just have a normal day, but there's so many things that are just building up on her mind and she's trying to have a free mind. And I just love the kind of order of the, of the song. I love the chorus. I love the lyrics. I love what she's talking about. And um, it's just a very happy, but very melancholy type of song, melancholy type of song, sorry. So I definitely recommend this project because there are so many different um, songs on here that resonate with different parts of your life. So there's parts with mental health, there's parts with um, relationships, there's part with um, like making the best of every situation. And I was in the interview that I read, I think it was in the Pan-African magazine, um, I think it's called, and um, where she had an interview, she said that um, every song represents a different time in her life. And it definitely resonates with me as I'm going through kind of a transition into new periods of my life as well. So definitely check it out, guys, and let us know what you think at D-A-T-S-P-O-D. We're happy to hear from you as always. And also, guys, I forgot to say, if you are listening to the episode, please can you use the hashtag D-A-T-S-P-O-D and just join in with the conversation. We love to hear what you guys are thinking and what works in the episode and what isn't. Um, so next, I've got Janae Aiko Trigger Protection Mantra. 
So Janae Aiko, I I will admit I'm not, I wasn't the biggest fan. Um, I did used to love her music um, back in the day, like Sailing Souls and um, all of those kind of old projects she used to release back in the day. But I kind of lost interest in her when she started making what's that grocery song, that remix and whatever, and she started making that type of music. I was just like, okay, this isn't for me. But she doesn't make that kind of music. That wasn't even her song. No, but I just, I lost, personally, I just lost interest in her. I found it quite boring. I found it quite, yeah, I wasn't really interested. But the one thing I am interested in when it comes to But this to is today, the song you like, that trigger protection mess. Yeah, it's not a mess. It's not a mess. And I'll explain why. That song's um, terrible. The one thing that I like about this song is her use of um, sound technology. So there's something called a Tibetan singing bowl that she has spoken about and used a lot in her music. And that bowl has a lot of historical um, kind of remedies in it when it comes to mental health. Um, and the bowl in itself releases a kind of sound that the decibels are able to heal some forms of trauma um and um issues that some people might be going through with their mental health as well so when i hear her incorporate some of these instruments in her music i'm just like wow this is really calming um, i had a fairly triggering moment earlier this week um and listening to that song really really helped me um and i released a few tweets on the dats account just speaking about a few songs that would help with your mental health and this is one of them just simply because of the instrument that is used in it the singing bowl and how beautiful it is overall. I guess it's not an atypical type of song. It's quite spaced out in terms of lyrics, but I don't believe it's supposed to be um, listened to as an ordinary song. I, I see it more as a meditation and um, I really appreciate it. So that's Janae Trigger Protection Mantra and the name kind of explains why I see it that way, Trigger Protection Mantra. Um, Last is a song that I sent to Chope. I haven't had his feedback on it, so I don't know what he thinks of it, but it's by Karin Lomax. And this is a house song. Um, called I did Looking give you my me. feedback. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't, I haven't seen it. Um, so Surprise, surprise. Well, I had a busy week. I had a very busy week um, and I wasn't really looking at my phone. But Karin, Karin, sorry, Karin Lomax, Looking For Me, is a house song, well, the remix is. Um, and it has a, it made me think about a conversation I've had with Chopé before about how um, black women um, are put on house songs, but they're never in the videos and then they kind of just like, they're thrown away eventually. And I, I'm kind of hoping that doesn't happen to her. She does have other music as well that is currently being released. Um, actually, let me give a shout out to some of them just quickly. Um Lomax. So she's got a song called Hard Feelings, which is like an alternative um, soul type of song. Um, and she is releasing an album soon as well. So do check her out if you guys have the opportunity to. Um, but yeah, those are my listens for the week. Who's next? Yeah, it's me. Um, so this week, uh, as I said, it's been a bit hard, but um, I did have a few listens which i'll briefly talk about um the first one is i don't know if i've actually spoken about this on the show before but i know i've tweeted about it but um new beginnings by reason um so yeah he's obviously signed to tde signed about two years ago um and released uh, his first album with the collective there you have it in 2018 upon his signing and then two years kind of went by and he's back again he's been on features he's been on like um dreamville's tape last year 
done the rounds with um, many other artists as well in terms of features and stuff. But yeah, he came back with his second album called um, New Beginnings, which I kind of said that I feel like it got, it should have got a bit more promotion, a bit more love. I just feel like it's a great hip hop album. I think it's quickly got to kind of one of my top albums of the year really quickly. Um, what I will say about it is it's very easy to listen to. It's 48 minutes standing at 14 songs. So clearly you can tell some of those songs are under three minutes. Um, but he makes it he makes it seem like all songs are fully robust um, in their length and like in their ability um, to kind of translate. Uh, as I've bigged her up before, I'm just going to big her up again on here. Again, I cannot remember if I've given it as a, a listen before, but um, I'm, I just want to talk about this album having a, a more thorough uh, listen to it because I've listened to it for the last two weeks since it's dropped. But yeah, Rhapsody um, is someone who I just love. She's super incredible. Um, her cadence, number one. I know when I talk about rappers, I always go into their cadence, but seriously, like she has this kind of um, pronunciation and style, stylistically kind of rap of which kind of sounds like she's singing in places and in some places she actually is as well. So the the amount of the amount of intersection between her bars and her her kind of uh singing as well. It kind of reminds me of gospel influences, of catharsism, um, of just healing. Like it's a very healing tone to her voice, where even when she's spitting or when she's singing. Um, but on the song I Can Make It, um, it is one of the most popular songs on the project so far without even being a single yet. Um, but they're just talking about motivation, you know, they can make it um, and talking about their trials and tribulations as men and women um, in this industry as well. I think Pop Shit as well, which is the third song on New Beginnings, kind of talks about like it's so it's so cool and relevant and how it talks about um, the juxtaposition of women in rap and how people just want to see them shake their ass and all this kind of stuff like that when they just want to be an artist and tell their stories um and then he flips it in his second verse to talk about men as well and like all we want to see is guns all we want to see is we want to put you in prison um and then get people to replicate your behavior that got you in prison and that just reminded me so much of hip-hop and i've spoken a lot about this and just how we've kind of given hip-hop away um, I'm not going to say any particular names, but in terms of the industry and stuff and how they've exploited black rappers and stuff, like you can you can do the math, you know, go to old interviews, you know, um, you'll you'll definitely be able to kind of get a sense of who some of those figures are. Um, yeah, but that that song just reminded me of all we've been through in terms of how we are the epicenter of black culture culture, sorry, worldwide pop culture. Um, and how we get exploited and stuff and then just used to perpetuate caricatures or stereotypes in our communities so that was a really deep song for me and it just again it took me a couple of tries to get the message because like sometimes you uh, I listen to instrumentals before lyrics um, and when I when the penny dropped when I was in the shower I was just like oh shit like this guy's rapping rapping do you know what I mean and I've, I've always been a fan of reason but just to know that that pen is only growing makes me even more a fan of him as well um i just hope punch has um a strategy with him because i'd love to see him just he lyrically talent wise all of that is just 
the future like honestly one of our generations like to extend the torch of hip-hop and like what it means in its conventional sense and stuff with the likes of you know jid corday all of them um you know yeah he'll extend that lineage i just want punch to make him a front man i kind of want him to have a j-rock arc in terms of that he'll get he'll get his flowers he'll get his due flowers um but this project is is beautiful um it really really is um there's a singer called alameda who has not dropped her own project as yet and it's interesting that eden brought up um janae Iko because i feel like she sounds really similar to her um, she just has a bit more body to her voice, um, which helps in the grand scheme of things as well. Um, it's mad cool to kind of hear um, a, a bit more of a fuller tone um, in the same pocket as, as Janae Aiko as well, whose voice and tone I actually like. Um, Vince Staples makes an appearance here on Source, which is incredible. Vince Staples can do no wrong in my eyes. If anyone knows me, they know Vince Staples is one of my favorite rappers ever. Um JID, of course, my favorite on Dreamville right now. Him and um, Reason linked up on the tape, the Dreamville tape last year, um, Revenge of the Dreamers 3. And they killed it in their visual and their kind of um, the actual song component, the songs, because they were on multiple songs together. Um, but oh, man, whenever these two link up, I just love it. I love it. They're going to be like, they're just going to be friends. Like I can tell, like in terms of, the two labels, TDE and Dreamville, like I can just tell them two are going to bridge that gap. Obviously, it's all good in both camps, but I can just tell those two cats are going to do some shit together. I would love a project together with them two specifically. Um, man, this guy is special. Reason is like, what could do TDE just have some real trailblazers in hip hop? They're really holding it down. They're really holding it down. And obviously, Scissor's doing her thing as well. Um, incredible 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 honestly I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear at this project because i literally i'm trying to find a flaw i'm like but because you know i'm critical but there's literally no buts like this is man yeah and rap rhapsody i need another project because rhapsody's got some really special like very sunday listening to your hip-hop vibes like it just reminds me of that like she's a very play after church on a sunday or just like that kind of that kind of chill element to her and you can really take her in when you've got the time on a sunday as we we mostly do you know but um yeah that was reason i, I really spent a lot of time on that because i love it like simply love it and it got me through this week um just scrolling through should i give you guys anything else do you know what i'm gonna keep it mad simple and give you one more and then that's it um, again, if anyone has listened to this podcast for a while, they'll know that I love Toronto. They'll know that I have an affiliation with Toronto in terms of, I just literally love that city so much. It's like a home away from home. But, um, this EP comes from a Torontorian who I've mentioned on the show before. Um, his name is Preem, um, and he linked up with Popcorn for a joint EP called Link Up uh it's literally 19 minutes long you cannot you cannot you cannot go wrong with this and it just you know what yeah it leans into the diasporic um genres that are coming to the forefront right now obviously we've had dance hall at the front for decades at this point you know um both here united states everywhere it's been influential um but i'd love to i've loved to see davido on this project as well to link up that um sounds that kind of reggae that dancehall sound as well with some 
Afro pop, Afro beats, um, which is great. Um, I think it sounds great together. Like Davido is a very fluid artist. He's jumped on, I think, Tiana Taylor's project. He's linked up with Summer Walker recently. Um, and yeah, he's he's very he's very fluid. Like out of all the artists coming up right now, I'd say after Burner Boy, Davido is right there in the conversation in terms of being super fluid, able to jump in multiple genres, hip hop, R and B, except dancehall, um, reggae, um, and just add his own flavor to it and, and just be very um very prominent as an artist sometimes you get lost in the mix when you when you jump around but he's an artist whose identity and um personality is very much in each record that he jumps on so super cool this one's called comfortable it is one of the most popular songs on the project to date um also someone i've spoken about on the podcast before believe eden has mentioned him as well this artist is just the future like the future um beam in terms of how he represents a kind of travis scott blend of trap with dancehall so he was the perfect artist to kind of be on this project um as someone who's defined his sound um, and it's someone who I'm very much looking forward to release a next project because we, we need that now. And I also need him to link up with Travis. I know some back of house, there, there may or may not have been some back of house relationships with them too. But in terms of front of house, we need a formal collaboration. Um, French Montana is on murder. And you know what? Yeah, despite all the clowning, despite all the bullshit with French, um, he's a great feature like when he when he's on the right song hip-hop wise he he's a great feature you know like they can't deny the cadence you can't deny the tone you can't deny the presence you know um pronunciation like he's there you know let we're not gonna what we're not gonna do is deny um deny french montana we're not because he's he has he's been a part of some big big hip-hop records um over his career so um yeah he's on the last song on the project murder he's really cool um very laid back in this song like not doing too much and i respect that um and then wiz khalifa is on the intro tracks uh which is one of my favorites called um whining queen yeah i i pretty much love this project and yeah, that's that's what I'm going to give you. Two projects, no singles this week. So it's Link Up by Prem and Popcorn and uh, Reasons, Reasons' second album, I believe, um, which is called, I'm pulling it up again. How can I forget? New Beginnings. Yeah, that's me. So Shope, last but not least. Um, So I have quite a few and I'm actually going to kind of uh, somewhat trail off what both of you have said. So I would like to first start off by saying that um, you all need to respect Jenna Aiko a lot more. Her trip album from 2017 was one of the best albums that year. I understand that people definitely, you know, loved her Sailing Souls and Sail Out, but she's made a lot of great music even post her, I guess, breakthrough commercially. So it's, uh, the trip album is, is, to me, probably her best work, other than Sailing Souls, to me, that's her best work. Obviously, this album that came out this year wasn't it, aside from, like, seven songs. There are some, there were some standouts in there, but... I think everyone agreed, and I said it on the show that it was disappointing. But no, we need to respect Janaiko more. And going back to you said about that person you mentioned, she sounds like her. Janaiko has children in this industry. That like people don't give her her flowers, but it. We're, one day we're going to talk about how, you know, there's a lot of a lot of Jenny's influence and a lot of these young girls we see today. But we'll have that discussion another time. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so I'm going to start off with um. Kendrick Lamar, 
So um, obviously we had Marcus J. Moore on last week. We had a very wonderful discussion about his book, which was obviously all about Kendrick Lamar. And I think just spurred on from that and actually reading his book, I kind of just went through a massive overhaul of his playing him again. Because even though he's obviously someone that I love, I love Kendrick Lamar's music. I've seen him before, great show. He's also one that I can say that I regularly go back to because he's so ubiquitous he's so ever present he's so omnipresent like he's just always around and i go to a lot of these big artists who i love like like it's really like when they're when they're out when they've dropped that in it but when then but when they're not in album cycle I, I, I really go back to them because i hear them too much all the time so kendrick's one of those guys but it was really cool this week to kind of just like revisit um various projects various songs so Mainly the Damn album, but also like early Kendrick's, the like overly dedicated Section Eighty, and it's just kind of um really cool. Kind of takes me back to when when he first came out. Well, I guess came came out on the level he's at now. Like he's been around since two thousand four. But in terms of when he was starting to really like uh bubble, bubble, start to bubble, um around like a when would I say like twenty ten, twenty eleven something like that. I, it just reminds me of like when I was in secondary school and just getting into him for the first time and I played the hell out of his, those early mixtapes and then Good Kid came out and then just from there it, I came to Japan. So, and I think also just looking at looking at him now, you just really appreciate how much he's grown as an artist, like in, and in, in like every aspect, like as a rapper, as a lyricist, as a musician, production. So yeah, I don't really have, I'm not really going to name anything per se but i would just say yep yeah, overly dedicated compton section 80 and actually i will say something him and bj the chicago kid need to do a joint project together because um they haven't really collaborated in quite a while but they have quite a few songs together on a lot of kendrick's early mixtapes and kendrick has appeared on bj's albums in the past they have great musical chemistry so tde um bj's team wherever you are in the world listing I think that I think that would be really work, and it's people wouldn't really expect that. But if you go back, they have quite a number of songs together, and they're all really good, like uh, Cushion Corinthians," the R O T C interlude. Yeah, so just quite a few songs. I was like, yeah, why well, these guys need to once again work together again? Like, I hope BJ's on his next album, or Kendrick's on BJ's next project. But like, yeah, they I would like a joint project with those two. I think that could really work. And then, damn. Um, I really did like this album, but it doesn't. It's not my favorite of his major label albums. It's my least favorite. But I can say, listen to it again three years later with this new lens, and it is it is a good album. It was it wasn't what I expected from him, but I guess that's what we kind of appreciate. Like, it kind of has always gone in a different direction with each project. But and I didn't realize till reading Marcus's book that even some of that music, uh, jazz elements were even present on that album, which to me was more of a commercial. Pop, that was like his pop album damn to me was but i'm looking at like feel and yah and fear and probably and probably as much as i um i would say damn isn't my favorite of his duckworth the song is probably one of my favorite kendrick songs ever i love that i think that's a, a fantastic flawless song so yeah that's kendrick lamar um secondly we're gonna go to the, the world of ireland ireland i don't want to say I don't know how to say without having a bit of an accent. But um, I've been listening to Reggie Snow this week. So he's an Irish rapper from Dublin. Um, Nigerian, Jamaican and Irish. Um, but yeah, born and raised in Dublin. Um, so he's someone that I've always been aware of. I've always heard of him. And I never just checked him out. I just never have. 
never had the time to, but one of his songs came up on my Spotify randomly. It's actually a new song he has out right now with um, Snow Allegra called Mirrors. And I was like, you know what? This is nice. This is really cool. A really nice, really nice, really nice vibe. Uh, great production. Very summery, very bright, buoyant. And I thought, let me go and just like have a quick rummage around some of his other songs. So there's a song on his last project, Dear Annie, called Egyptian Lover with Amine. Who I love also. So like, oh, and that was also a really, really good song. And he has another song called um, Cookie Chips with MF Doom, who's one of the best producers, by the way. Um, so yeah, Reggie Snow, I like he's someone that I definitely want to, I'm definitely going to make the time out now to go back and check out his back catalogue. I believe he has an album coming out or something later this year or next year because he's dropped a few songs this year. So I'm assuming something's on the way. But um, no, he's just, he's really good. And, and it's just nice to once again like really get into a space where we're appreciating artists from different worlds and different communities because you know i never thought i listened to a rapper from 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 ireland in my life but he's really cool um can i just jump on that quickly go on. um so reggie snow is someone that i used to listen to back in 2013 when he released regovich and i was really surprised he got this feature with snow allegra not because he's um, not a good artist or anything. He is really good. And obviously being from Ireland, shout out to him. Um, but the fact that he's quite an underground type of artist, there was a situation where he was kind of collaborating and was friends with like ASAP Mob and people like that. And it was kind of going down the fashion rapper type of route, like ASAP Rocky. But I was quite surprised he collaborated with Snow Allegra. I just didn't really see it as a collaboration, really. Um, so I'm excited to check that out. He has probably one of the most memorable intros in terms of lyrics for me which with a very basic lyric like um staring at the moon because she's gorgeous something like that i think it's on a song called love lean or something i can't remember but i would like shoppe said i would recommend listening to reggie snow he has a lot of bangers and it's just very different listening to an irish rapper that's someone that um that's just fresh, just new. Um, and I would really recommend him. Just wanted to add yeah, that. Yeah, and I think it's such a generic word to use, but that's just that's literally what he is. I think he just has a really fresh and interesting take on rap music. I don't know how else to describe it. I know it sounds simplistic, so I don't want to make um, render into being something so generic. But when you listen to it, I feel like it speaks for itself. Like, it's just like very soothing, but it's like very... But it's, like, it's still very like enjoyable, but still kind of conscious at the same time. Like there's content mm. there. So like I so he's definitely someone like, and I don't know, I just feel like there's just like so many rappers out right now. Like there's literally so fucking many. Like it's so hard to keep mm. track of who, who I even, who I would really say are like my favorites of the new generation, but there's just literally so many, but yeah. The, the one thing I would say about Reggie is you can definitely tell he was inspired by Odd Future. Oh yeah. Um, at least in the very early part of his career, it was something that like the off key piano and kind of off key instruments on his album, um, are something that he definitely yeah. borrowed from the likes of Tyler or Earl, um, especially as well. And actually, I don't think we even go further back. Really... But go on. Yeah. I was gonna. Say... No, I was just gonna. Go on. Go on. Go on. I was gonna say NERD, and obviously, all yeah. future are NERD and Pharrell stands. Like. Yep. Yeah. That's the vibe yeah. I was getting because I'm I'm alone in here when I say this. I'm a massive NERD fan. Their first two mm. albums are amongst my favorites. I the whole Star Trek era, early Khalees clips, NERD, its vibe. So that was the vibes I was getting going as I listened to some of his other songs. And I actually did read he's a massive Pharrell fan. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. 
Yeah, you can tell. I mean, even in the way that he dresses and the fact that, um, like I said, he was this fashion conscious rapper. He was someone that was always trying to be seen as quite stylish and everything. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. Reggie Snow is one of the people that we don't actually um, kind of talk about a lot because in 2013, although we talk about UK rap and kind of um, the introduction to the rest of the world and global and everything, Reggie Snow was collaborating with, like I said, ASAP Rocky. He was talking to a lot of like big time um, American rappers and he was doing things on the underground still as well. So there was kind of that paradox of being in two places at once. But I would definitely say in terms of new school with the likes of, um, let me think, Nux and people like that who are like in the UK, but there's this appeal worldwide and people are interested in their music and everything. Reggie Snow has been making bangers and been like listened to from people around the world for ages. Um, him, King Cruel, and there was a guy called Crave Moore who was a rapper as well. Those three um, had kind of like a, a relationship where they would make music together or they would like talk about music they're releasing together. And that audience of people, I mean, I don't like King Cruel, just let people know. I don't get it. I don't understand oh, the hype. See, I'm, I'm actually, once again, I'm actually a recent fan. I'm not going to say her name, but she knows who she is. I'm going to say, my Jamie Dojo, you know who you are. She um, was literally, as long as I've known, have been trying to get me onto that man. And I finally, like two weeks ago, she like, sent me like 15 songs. Check out these songs. I'm like, fine. He's re I really like him. I really I like don't him. understand it. I think he's dope. He, I would love he to reminds see him me of, well. um, he reminds me of George. What's his name? Because of the way he plays guitar and his voice is kind of deep. Um, he reminds me of, I can't remember. It's jo uh, George Ezra. I don't like George Ezra. I George do not Ezra's, get that vibe. Yeah, to me, I don't understand personally, he, I think the reason why I like him so much is because he sounds a lot like Puma Blue. And I realised that Puma Blue kind of stole his work. As much as, I'm, I love, <laughs> as much as I love Puma Blue, Puma Blue is like my guy. Shout out to him. He has a new project coming out soon. Love him. And I will see you soon. I'll see him this year, but Corona. Um, yeah. He reminds me of Puma Blue. Like that very like muted jazz guitar distorted vocals but there's like these really hard psychedelic rock under back underpinnings that's what mm. get a lot like a lot a lot from puma like so he's more he's less soulful than puma but i can definitely see how and i think that's why when i heard my like, oh yeah i i would like him and i do i think he's really cool my thing with king crawl is it just sounds like he's bored <laughs> like when he makes music it's like he to me is like the radio head of um the genre that he kind of leads uh, he just he just sounds bored to me when he makes music and to me i just need some music with a bit more presence um but i do understand he has a massive following a lot of people love his music and um from what i've seen he's collaborated with a lot of black rappers as well so um I, i've seen he's kind of dipped into like hip-hop and rock and all of the above so i wouldn't say don't listen to him but he's not for me but on the original topic, Reggie Snow is someone I would say, people, make sure you listen to this guy because he is up and coming still, even though he's been around since 2013, 2012. Um, but his career will just continue to go upwards. And this Snow Allegra feature kind of proved that to me, to be honest. Oh, fair enough. But um, so that's, yeah, so that's uh, Kendrick Lamar and Reggie Snow. Last but not least, uh, a surprise that I thought I would never see in my life again. Uh, Trey Songs. I actually enjoyed the Trey Songs album in 2020. I never, I never would have thought. Uh, Trey Songs is was one of my favorites growing up. Like his, I always say his first four albums are undefeated. But around Trigger and Chapter Five and the one whatever that bullshit was last time, I can't remember what it's called. That nonsense album he put out three years ago. Um, he just lost me. Just like no growth, no depth. 
no maturity, no change, very formulaic. He just be he just like he knew what worked, he knew what to get, how to get the radio, he knew, knew what to do, and he just didn't change. Like he just didn't change, which was such a shame because, and that's what I'm saying. It's the industry. Like his first album was very soulful. Like you know, you know, yes, obviously there's the strong influence of that man who we will not mention anymore. Um, like he Trey songs is the stand for that man, but there was also like a lot of like Sam Cooke and Charlie Wilson esque vibes. It was like very contemporary and very like of of its time. Like I could see the hip hop influence as well. Like his first two albums are very very vastly underrated in my opinion. But then even when he got more commercial, like uh, Ready and Passion Pain and Pleasure, those were great albums too. But he lost lost me after that. So he's someone that I've not really cared about really, but obviously he always hold a special place in my heart because of his early work. So I always will endeavor to check out check him out when he drops. And I played this album and I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, okay. Like I and as the songs went on, I'm like, oh, okay. Tremaine. Okay. <laughs> Alright. You better take on your take on this advice. Like it's just like it's just and I can see the influence of having a child now and like it's it's not like a vast it's not like a vast difference from what you know of him. But it's. I feel like it's his strongest album in a very long time. It's strong, and then I do actually get like even the way he navigates singing around sex. And obviously, sex is his favorite subject. We know that. But even the way he navigates that, right? The way he writes the songs now. There's just more. There's more uh, of a cleverness. Maturity. Like, yes, it's more clever. It's more mature. It's more. It's like more grown and sexy vibe more, rather than like yeah, yeah. I'm coming in your mouth. I'm coming like a nigga. All that she did. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> wait, <You know? laughs> when did he ever say that? Um, um, people will know. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, you know, you know him, you know him and him and Chris and them other niggas like just have the most vulgar lyrics, and, and I'm gonna beat it up and, and throw it in your bed. I'm like, okay, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> but yeah, no. So there's some really good songs in here. Um, I'm like, I would have taken off like five songs. It's 22 songs. It didn't need to be that long, but about 16 of these songs are really, really strong. There's a song in here called uh, "Sleepless Nights" of Davido, which is really cool. There's a song in there called Get a Love Affair, which I love. All This Love. The first song, Be My Guest. Uh, that, that literally, literally, I, I'm, I'm not going to say his name. It literally reminds me of that man's best work. Like, it really gives me first two albums, that man who he won't name. And I was, and I, I, yeah. And, um, but also, like, I get, like, Black Street vibes as well. I get a bit of uh, Drew Hills on some of these songs. And also, vocally, he's grown too. Vocally's grown too, so like, you know, well done, Trey. Well done. So that is all right. Well, I was just going to say, it's so funny you say this is um, one of his best albums in a while because he's actually released about four. So there was Tremaine, the album, which was released in 2017. Then there was 28 in 2018. Then there was 11 in 2018. Anticipation 1 in 2020 and Anticipation 2 in 2020. So it's been a long ride for him. Um, but I want to give a shout out to some of my favorite Trey Song songs. So um, Jupiter Love, I love that song. Course, Ready to Make classic. Love, I love that song. Um, I Need a Girl, I love the guitar on that. Um, what else? Uh, Neighbours Know My Name. And obviously one of my all-time favorite Trey Song songs, Can't Help But Wait, the instrumental on that. Why are you naming one of my these favorite obvious R&B. songs, please? What do you mean obvious? Can't Help But Wait is obvious. Jupiter Love is not as obvious. Go on, continue. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I gotta make it as well. Um, I found out about this album 
after he went commercial but the song i gotta make it and seeing the video of him and where he grew up and like the journey of like the working class and everything i thought was like really inspirational um and that's kind of how the whole album made me feel so there are so many bangers that he's released but i think shop is right he needed to mature at a certain point it got a bit boring hearing very redundant the same lyrics about you know like what he's doing his promiscuity promiscuity um kind of being that guy and all that type of stuff and then obviously chris brown never evolved and trey songs kind of was the person he collaborated with occasionally and all these types of stuff and then we had august alcina doing foolishness like it's nice to hear that um trey songs has reached a point where he can release music that reflects who he is now because he's talking about a lot more serious topics although he had a controversy recently um he is talking a lot about um what's going on in africa like black lives matter um, police brutality all of these types of things so it's nice to see an album that reflects him as a man now which i feel like we didn't get no and that's 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 what i'm saying i just kind of felt that he kind of lost he kind of just lost he just got lost in the source really just because but it was working for him it, it was working for so long but i think that last album came out, i was like okay nigga, i'm done <laughs> like how many times are we gonna do this it's like, but saying that and the saying that and the visuals too was just yeah but saying that trigger reloaded the original trigger because i don't know what happened but he released trigger and then i remember you said trigger was one of your favorite albums by him and i had to cast you it was one of my favorite though i really I still no not trigger reloaded he released trigger before yeah I and know. then it got removed for some reason and then he, he re-released it as trigger reloaded i don't understand why and, and so many songs got cut from it because yeah, there's more songs no but some songs got cut from it i remember there were more and there were different songs, at least from what I remember. I was confused about why it was called Trigger Reloaded and why some of the songs were changed. Um, but yeah, I do like some of the songs on that. I can't lie. So do I, but it's not amongst his best albums, which is what you were arguing. Oh, okay. I've evolved since then. Um, you said it was his top three and I was like, fucking where? Top three? Top three. Yes, that's what you said. It's top three, one of his top three albums. Well, looking at his albums now. Uh... Definitely not, that's definitely not good. What's your top three then? The the first three. The first three in order. In that order. The, in it, uh, let me think actually. Let me look at the. It's definitely his first three albums. But I need to think about what order I'll put them in. But it's definitely his first Ready three. Ready is albums. definitely his best album. Um, Ready is definitely his best album. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go for I gotta make it. Then Ready, then Trade Day. So you didn't like Passion, it's Pain, fun. and Pleasure. No, I do. I really love that album, but it's just not. It's not the top three. I'm saying his. That's like his first four are undefeated. After the first three, his first four albums are amazing. Chapter Chapter Five wasn't terrible though. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't terrible, but it doesn't compare to the first. Yeah. Chapter Five was kind of when he started to lose me. Like I was still interested in him, but I was like, okay, you're getting a bit boring. He went too commercial on that album. Definitely, I see what you mean. Yeah, I was wrong about Trigger being. It was what I was saying was it was one of my favorite top three. It's not his best albums, but it's one of my favorite top three because it's quite playful. I just feel like he didn't really take himself too seriously on that album. Um, and it was just quite relaxed. And it showed. It did show. But About You, I love that song. I actually think this is one of the only ones I've actually got saved. The rest I just go back to and listen occasionally. But I like Trigger Reloaded. Um, the one with Mila J, Disrespectful. Um, what's it called? Smart. Oh, no, not smartphones. Uh, oh, you're right. Some songs did get removed. Where's Love Around the World? That's on there. Yeah, there, was so, there were quite a few songs that were removed on there. And I don't understand why. Um, but yeah, that's true. Oh, you ain't you ain't shit is a great. Yes, song. it is. It is a banger. That's a great. A banger. That's a great. Um, song. what else? Uh, Nana. Change your mind. Cake. Cake is a bang. Oh, cake is a banger. 
Cake, I love that song. I forgot about that song as well. Cake is a banger. Yeah, no, at least I'm saying, like, I'm not saying that to say that all his recent albums were terrible. There were always gems mm-hmm. on all these projects. Well, actually, the last one I can tell you, I literally played it once. It's like, no. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if I go back, they probably are some songs, but I think the most of it was just like, oh, go away. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Should... Most of it was just atrocious. Well, not even atrocious, but just like, grow up. Yeah. Grow well, up. he has now. That's the good thing. And he needs to leave those kind of... He needs to he needs to just go away for a bit because there's too many situations that are propping up to you. He's on the, he's on the urge, like the verge of being cancelled. Like, he's he's on the cliff right now. Well, he was gone a while before this album came out. He so needs to go back because... He can't, he can't go away again. If this is what happens like, when you leave and then come back, then you need to leave for some more time because you release an album that is mature, but then you're still doing foolishness in real life. You need to disappear again. I'm sorry. Um... But cool, Nick, should we go to the new section? Yeah, all good, all good. Um, so yeah, we're just going to breeze through a few new topics on the agenda. I just want to let you know that I didn't put this first one on the agenda because um, I don't want to talk about this man. But um, we can talk about what happened on... Um, so I have nothing to say about this. But um, yeah, Tory lanes whatever went on ig live on thursday to attempt to declare his name announced that he was going on at 8 p.m went on uh spoke about the incident you know what happened um or what the story that megan's going by which is going through court um and will be proven either wrong or right um starting next month in november so um yes he said two days after that um so after the shoot and i get a call from rock nation that says yo we heard you were going to make a statement about what happened and it would be in your best interest if you didn't make that statement. And I'm like, okay, I didn't understand the issue of me telling my fans, yo, it's not that serious um, of a deal. So he's kind of saying that Rock Nation shoe armed him into kind of not saying anything, even though he did, to try and frame the narrative that he shot Megan, um, which he's saying he didn't. Um, He said the allegations against him are not true. Um, yeah, just talking more about Los Angeles and being there that night. Um, he's saying that nobody has ever said, uh, no, he's saying that she basically, he's, he went into the details of like some, like when she got the glass in her foot and when he attempted to, well, he allegedly shot her or whatever. And he was just saying that he didn't do them, um, and he said that a crime is being committed against him um, and it's, that people are trying to harm his uh, his image um, across this tape as well. Um, yeah, he said, the police come, I'm scared, all this shit going on with the police. Uh, so yeah, like this is just basically him trying to clear his name. I don't believe him personally. That's what I'll say on the case. Um, they go to court next month. Um, as you know, he released the album where he tried to clear his name as well. So this is just mounting more information. Um, there are clips if you do want to watch it on YouTube um, that kind of detail um, his whole statement as well. And he said he says that he cares for black women, of course, um, but he's just not guilty in this particular uh in this particular case as well Megan did go to Twitter after saying this nigga is genuinely crazy um even though he did call Megan a friend of his she denounced that and said she's not a friend of his um 
back because he said regardless of what's going on them two are still friends um in his eyes um and yeah she said that these are false uh these are false claims like what he said on instagram is false um so we will see what happens in court next month um this was reported by complex and a few other outlets as well if you want to read in depth a bit more about the case but yeah that's all i have to say on it to be honest um if anyone else has any other thoughts let me know uh i was just gonna say thank you nick for reading that because i know you 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 didn't want to read it so i appreciate the fact you read that out loud and everything um i think for me i don't really have anything to add to this because although i understand why it's in the agenda i just don't think there's an update or anything that we haven't said already um the prayers go out to um megan the stallion and black women and it looks like they will get their justice for what happened um and i think for now that kind of needs to be the focus i don't really have any commentary or anything about the situation because the, the one thing he did say is i no one was there except him and megan like no one was there but what what we can see is that megan had injuries and um she was saying that she was attacked by and shot by tory lane so that's all we can really say um and he's going to court now and we'll see what happens after that but prayers go up to um, megan stallion and there's a restraining, and a restraining order, order as, as well. well um so that's all i can say really nothing else I just don't get why he hasn't told his side of the story yet. Like, he spent all this time saying what didn't happen in Megan's side, but why do you just say what happened from your perspective? I mean, you're still you're still trash, and you're probably still going to get penalised in some way, but I feel like it would do you a lot better to at least just explain your side of the story once and for all. Like, I mean, people made their bed and decided anyway what they want to believe, but I just don't get why he went on IG for, like, three hours and just said, Megan said this, but this happened. But okay, but just say what happened from your end. That's all we care about at this point. That would be the next. That would be the next interesting part. Hmm. Do you know what I think? It's because it's all on the album. Like I think people have kind of spoken about how on the album he talks about what happened and he denies everything that's happened as well. So, like I said, this album for him is his opportunity to eat because he won't be able to release anything after this. He is done as an artist. Yes, he will. I, I i genuinely don't think so i know that album went top 10 i know it did and the reason for that was curiosity more so than the fact that tory lane's released it he lost a lot of fans black women listened to him as well so i'm what i'm saying is um for tory lane's this opportunity and there are black women defending him there are black so women I've but seen. there's there's black women defending r kelly as well and so what was your point pardon so what was your point then my point is that tory lane's is done no but you said you said that but black women lost him. I'm like, no, they haven't. There's still one. There's still black women supporting him. Well, in the majority, I don't think there is. I've I've seen loads of women like just just because black women listen to Tory Lane still doesn't mean that as a majority they are. So what I'm saying is from the black women who did listen to him and Megan The Stallion because we can say that Megan The Stallion has a bigger um, demographic for black women than Tory Lanez from what I've seen, what her streams say, the fact that she's gone to number one um, with her song recently with Beyonce as a feature and everything. Um, he's lost black women as fans, especially when it comes to the argument and conversation of black women um, falling at harm due to black men as well. And the fact that it's such a um, a horrible event that happened as well. He's done. He is done. He's, he's independent now. Um, he's not going to get any support from anyone. The thing that he does have is followers. Like he still has followers, but he's going to prison. Well, he's yet to be charged. 
but it looks it's looking like he will be going to prison and if he does he is done yeah there's nothing else he can do it's, it's he's looking at 20 years he won't get 20 years no but he's like around that even if it's like five years it's tory <clears throat> lanes it's not jay-z it's not like a massive artist it's just it's tory lanes he does have streams but like when we looked into his catalog before he was receiving <clears throat> numbers but like if you're in prison for five years that will affect you and you're not releasing anything no he's done he, unless he's going to stick to this story in five years time and say what happened or make up something like he's done he's finished and that's why he's really investing in um, instagram um like lives at the moment so that people go and listen to the album more and he gets more money from streams because there's nothing else he can do but like we said all the best to megan the stallion um and black women um and we'll see what happens we'll just see what happens and again thanks nick for reading that cool let's move on um so second item of the week is um 50 cent supporting donald trump again i really don't care for this um he said he's packing his bags if trump loses the election um yeah if you don't know who 50 cent is one of the biggest hip-hop acts we've seen in the 2000s um obviously now is the founder of power series on stars and the offshoots the many offshoots that are to come as well um but yes he is also rich um and he endorsed um donald trump over biden due to biden's tax plan for the wealthy which he doesn't agree with um which is the reason why a lot of um people who are rich and black kind of defect to conservatism or conservatism leaning parties um so yeah he made another revelation um after supporting uh biden um biden trump over biden um and he said that yeah he will uh he doesn't want to be 20 cent 62 percent is a very very bad idea hinting at the uh biden approved tax plans um he said i don't like it then he hashtagged obviously stars get the app <laughs> um yeah so then that's that's what he said he doesn't like the 62 percent plan that's why he endorsed trump um and then he's he's been very political on his social media um i'm seeing uh and he kind of posted um top tax rates by state under the biden tax plan and california would be 62.6 percent new jersey would be 60 percent new york the state would be 58 percent and then new york the city would actually be 62 percent because there's a difference between new york the state and new york the city which is a bit of geography for you guys um so yeah he said what the fuck vote for trump i'm out fuck new york the Knicks never win anyway. I don't care for Trump. I don't care. Trump don't like black people. 62%. Are you out of your fucking mind? Um, yeah, people weren't really shocked because 50 Cent has shown his ass a lot of times in other ways, um, particularly towards black women as well throughout the years. Um, but yeah, that doesn't shock me. He tried to prove in court that he wasn't um, a multimillionaire. So yeah anyway to kind of save money he'll do even if that means voting for trump because he thinks that being a rich capitalist can let him escape the ramifications of racism but um that's absolutely fine for me uh i have a little to say um what do you guys have to say on this to be honest uh chopper do you want to go or should you I can go? go well i just want to say anyone who's shocked by this 
obviously doesn't know 50 cent his name is literally currency so like when i heard about this i was just like okay this is just another situation where people can't seem to understand that there are some people in this world who want to just be at the top that it doesn't matter if you're black white asian or wherever you're from there are some people that want to position themselves as the only one or amongst the only people to succeed in the country and the thing is when um when 50 cent said he's going to move out of the u.s i'm just thinking where is he going to go where is where is he going it just seems like a very adult type of um tantrum at the moment at the fact that he will have to give back to society what he earns and it doesn't surprise me whatsoever the one thing i can say about this situation is there is a lot of nuance to um when it comes to black people supporting particular um leaders of um parties um because although i am saying that i don't like the fact that 50 cent is supporting um donald trump at the same time i wouldn't care if he was supporting biden um and i know that as someone who lives outside of the us it's a completely different type of perspective and um completely different to what someone in america might say but for me they're both evil people um and at the end of the day whoever gets elected people in um africa and um outside of the us will suffer um so at the end of the day i'm looking at this from a point of view like 50 cent is wrong for what he's doing because he's showing that he's focused on the individual doesn't care about his community same with ice cube as well um but at the same time looking at this at kind of like a whole view like a, a world view i'm just like either way it doesn't really matter because both parties don't respect or like black people they don't respect people who aren't white um and rich as well i would say more so rich than just white as well by the way um so yeah we'll see what happens but i'm not surprised about this 50 cent has always shown himself up and like i said a few episodes ago he always does this when he has something to promote he always does this and we'll see what's coming out soon but he always does this um i'm not i, I don't think it's it's a shock that every single time he tweets or releases an Instagram photo, there's a hashtag related to something that he's selling attached to it. He knows it will go viral. He knows that people will see it. He knows people will engage with it still. And that's because we're in a world where people still engage with people they don't like. Hello, Kim Kardashian. Hello, people who hate Kim Kardashian yet still follow her. And um, yeah, that's me. Oh, I just forgot to add, he became the front page news of the New York Post, um, his quote. I don't want to be 20, uh, 20 cent under the tax plan. So that was like the front page news. Yeah, it made the front page news. And he put that on his Instagram as well. So yeah, it kind of supports Eden's point that he loves making headlines and loves making the news, which he still, which is, you know, he's still able to do. But yeah, like the US, like I did watch a bit of your guys' election um, debates this week. I'm really sorry that you guys have to go through this. Um, African-Americans I'm speaking to specifically. Um, yeah, uh, if I was a US citizen, I don't know if I would vote or for either of those two, to be honest. Um, I'm even debating whether to vote for like when this happens in the UK, um, just because none of the parties are really doing it for me right now but um yeah sorry guys i know you've only got a couple days literally like a week until the election a week and some change um but yeah shopee any thoughts on 50 cent not wanting to be 20 cent no <laughs> not surprised 
Should we move on? Because the next one, yawning as well. The next one. But um, Can I ask you a question just before we move on? Can you understand why someone would want to be the only individual in a capitalist state? Um it's it comes from it comes from it comes from racism, doesn't it? And it comes from like you not unlearning it's either you not unlearning or you actually just being willfully ignorant because yeah there's many contexts where people want to obviously be the only one in the room um they want to they think that having another black or asian or whoever the minority is in question here um in the room is a threat to them and that comes from an insecurity of um of being taught that in a capitalist society representation only looks like one or two or a few um we see this in a lot of when we look higher up in companies or when we look at economically driven boards or etc etc we still only see a few black faces or whatever so it would make well to them it would make sense uh to the individuals that play this game of the only one in the room um to put down others as opposed to uh want put leave the doors open essentially leave the doors open or represent other people so it comes from a very racist place in terms of like this it comes from actually us not being um integrated into society but being assimilated in my opinion um we're not really respected which is what um integration would be integration of cultures integration of ways of practices integration of um ways of life you know i feel like we are truly just um assimilated into the dominant hegemon which is you know white supremacy and white culture um so that leads to these kind of trickle down effects of racism of um white supremacy which leads to the the only one in the room you know representation you know one apple teacher's pet that kind of those kind of mindsets you know so for diddy to kind of um not diddy for um 50 cent to kind of engage i think it's slightly different here because it's kind of him saying that he just doesn't want to be taxed um he's not supporting trump because he wants to kind of be the only one in the room if that makes sense but um with this whole tax thing it's a class issue it's kind of like him not wanting to redistribute wealth him not wanting him not agreeing in um i wouldn't say it's socialism it's not um but more practices that kind of relate to sharing wealth um or sharing services you know using your money to share services with people like healthcare um for counseling education food and all that kind of stuff so um yeah he's very capitalist he he's he supports capitalism and what what it stands for which is kind of putting down other communities other people to advance um into a next social class like really and truly whether he was taxed 62% or whether he was taxed 1% he wouldn't I don't think the amount of wealth he has at this point, he wouldn't really notice, especially if he has an accountant and stuff. He wouldn't really need that extra, however many percent, to um, fuel his endeavors. Now, I don't know his full checkbook. I don't know where his money goes. I don't know what what happens. But just looking at what he does now, he could flip uh, until he died with if his banks were frozen today. Like if they were frozen right now, he would be able to sustain and still create. Um, until he died you know in my opinion if he just did it in different ways and stuff but yeah um the only one in the room just to your question that's where that comes from in my opinion 
um but diddy um i keep saying diddy because it's the next news item but 50 cent um yeah that's where he's coming from from a class perspective in terms of he supports capitalism etc etc that's that's what i think anyway cool shopee did you have anything to say i don't have the range to answer that question all i can do is comment on music um okay 50 cent done um we're gonna move to diddy i kept using his name sorry literally he was the tab open but um yes we're two weeks to go to the u.s election there is a new political party being started which way too late but um yeah diddy um is focused on securing the black vote um this party is called our blacks party our black parties sorry and the mission is power the black agenda and elect bold representatives who represent their communities and address the needs of black people um and weirdly enough it endorses joe biden in this coming election um diddy said i'm launching one of the boldest things i've ever launched on twitter this week he said i'm launching a black political party with some young black elected officials and activists it doesn't matter if you're republican or democrat the number one priority is to get Trump out of office. He has to go. We can't allow this man to try and divide us. We need to get Biden in and hold him accountable. Trump has taken things too far. As black people, we aren't even a topic of real discussion. We can no longer stand for doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results that's insanity exclamation mark it's time we unify so this happened um yeah he previously said that basically he was holding the black vote hostage um but he revised this stance saying things have gotten too serious it would be irresponsible of me to have us hold our vote hostage but it would be irresponsible yeah it would also be irresponsible of me to let this moment go by and not make sure going forward we are doing what it takes to own our politics diddy did sit down with charlemagne the gods um to talk about all of this he spoke about the dangers of trump he said Trump's uh, stand back and stand by directive to white supremacist groups. Um, there will be a race war, he said, if this continues, if Trump's stance um, is continued to be emboldened by electing him as president, kind of co-signing that. Um, this man is really trying to turn us against each other and put us in a situation America messed up. Um, Diddy also did clarify that our black party is an extension of his 2004 vote or die initiative um, the party will do everything to combat systemic oppression and position future generations to thrive Diddy did say he's using his nepotism his resources and his platform to encourage black leaders to continue fighting for black people in America and the full interview is available, of course, via Revolt um, with Charlemagne. And that is it from our Black Party for now. What do you guys think of 
Diddy's latest pivot. So politics. I actually read a few articles on this. And you know what? Um, as much as we can obviously, you know, laugh at him and cuss him for his many, many shortcomings as a businessman and a, as a faux activist, there's actually a lot of good at, in what he's saying in this statement. I don't know if it was a statement or press release, but I, I just read a bunch of quotes. There actually is a lot of good in what he's saying. I just wish someone else said it, not him. Someone that I can actually take seriously. Not him. Like, what, everything he said, mm-hmm. I can't really say he's wrong. Yeah. He's not, he wasn't really lying about anything. And I do think, like, mm. in earnest, what he's doing is a good thing. Yeah. Especially if he's trying to, like, you know, empower local black politicians in various states and really try and get, like, a grassroots um, movement. So, like, I can't actually fault him. Yeah. But it's just, I just... You know, right message, wrong messenger. Like, if this came from someone else that I can take more seriously, who hasn't, you know, scammed and conned many of his artists in the past, and, you know, still hasn't given Mace's masters on 112, then masters. He's a black exactly. capitalist. So, like, but I can't deny and say that what he's saying, what he would like to do isn't wrong or is bad. Like, can't, yeah. can't I have to give him that at least. Yeah. But I just wish yeah. someone else said this. And, but and if he is serious about this, I hope it's just not just, like, something he's saying for the moment. Like... Regardless of whoever Trump Biden wins, you know, <laughs> if he's really serious, I'd like him to continue his initiative. Like, in because I was reading an article, like these, we, all these celebrities that are talking, Ice Cube's now trying to do things. Like, I hope you're not just doing this for the moment, it's kept to the zeitgeist of the current election. Like, if you if you are a celebrity, a rapper, actor, and you're really serious about this political change, which you know I appreciate, um, I hope they know that these this is years in the making. This isn't going to be the next four months, and suddenly the world will change. Economic black power and all this other these buzzwords people like to use. Like, so if Diddy is serious about this, I'd like this to be something I see even in 10 years that you're still working on this. Kind of like how, this is very random, but it's kind of really, how Alicia still has her Keep a Child Life Foundation, still, after like 17 years. That's still something that she works on and promotes to, for um, minorities children in very, very many parts of the world. She's, that's something that she still does, still. She, yeah. That's not that's not a weird analogy that makes complete sense. Like that is years in the making, and I've heard of that like throughout countless of interviews with her. So consistent arc in her brand, and it's cool. You know, that's how you use your platform in different ways. And I just think with all these announcements, three weeks, twenty one days before an election is pathetic, in my opinion, because you were meant to start this two years. That's when a that's when a presidential cycle begins. Two years ago, we saw Kamala canvassing. Two years ago, we saw Joe Biden and Obama. We saw Obama trying to make statements. Two years ago, we've seen plethoras of U.S. candidates. Every party knows. Two years before, you start. You start your light appearances. How many times has Kamala been on The Breakfast Club? Even though it's just lame strategy, but like, you know, how many times have we seen? How many times have we seen? How many times have we seen um, Bernie Sanders interviews? How many times? Because these people know that it takes how long. And that article said that in 2004, Diddy had a, a vote or die initiative. You should know this. You should know this. You should know that it takes two years. Why are you starting this bullshit now? Like, again, as Shoppe said, if it starts, if it continues after the election, we can talk more about the integrity of what he's doing. But right now, it just feels like a ploy. Um, Obviously, he doesn't want Trump to win, I can tell. Like, that is something that's consistent. But um, the organisation of this, because he's got so much money, so much influence in the industry, in multiple industries right now, 
um it just feels little it just feels really stupid like three weeks like why didn't you team up with bernie why didn't you you know why didn't you try something there were there were many candidates there were options that you could have used your money and influence like when beyonce tried to um co-sign barack obama and a plethora of artists stood behind him that was even months before months before an election you know um that this initiative started so it's just a bit it's a bit like I don't see him gaining much traction in my opinion because social media is not the United States that's how Trump got into power so um there needs to be localized initiatives and it needs to kind of what it needed to happen before I do hope that America black black America African Americans in totality get what they want although we're not a monolith but what the majority wants I hope happens um yeah but like this needs to be something that extends beyond this election as well um into what are we 2020 2024 we need we need to see if he's serious because if it just evolves we'll see that he was not serious and not ready to really do the legwork um but yeah those are my thoughts on diddy um he does love to center himself in these little initiatives doesn't he but um yeah um, Eden any thoughts on well I was a bit unsure on what it was if I'm being honest it looks like a pressure group to me so it looks like it's just a party yeah. of black people yeah. from both the democratic party and the republican or republicans and democrats sorry not, rather not the party but people from with opposing view but with the black interests at heart um, which I think is important. I know in the UK, I think we have something similar as well. Um, but from reading their values and the things they stand for, um, like on the agenda, they talk about legalized marijuana, defunding the police is one of their um, their agendas, uh, gener- a guaranteed income for all, decriminalize poverty, address racism in healthcare, grow black businesses. Like it's a very interesting <laughs> initiative and... Um, I'm kind of intrigued to see where it goes. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't have a lot of hope in the US right now. And that's mainly because of what I've seen and people I've spoken to. But the fact that it seems, and I, I say that on purpose, but it seems like Diddy is putting his money where his mouth is. I think that's very important. Um, It's a shame Jay-Z didn't jump on this as well. I think that could have been a very um, powerful coalition. But um, it's interesting, just a billionaire kind of investing into a political party, which we know is what the Democrats and Republicans do all the time. So um, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, you need money. You need money to be in politics in the United States. Like, you'll get absolutely nowhere. You'll get to your front door, like, trying to get into politics. And that is, again, like, this whole thing, like, I'm just ready for a revolution. Like, that's, that's, (laughs) like, it's boring. All of this kind of stuff, not boring because people are dying, you know, but like it's heartbreaking. Let's say that it's heartbreaking, heart numbing even like just to see all of this. My question is one of the statements he made is we need to hold Joe Biden accountable. And I'm just wondering how they plan on doing that. Um, Mm. Yeah, like I think, do you know what? Yeah, like let's get into it. I'm sorry 
any Jews that are listening, we're going to get into it. APAC is one of the biggest groups that lobby um, the in the United States and they lobby for, let me get this right. Let me just get this right because I don't want anyone trying to check me. Um, we are a bipartisan American organization that advocates for the strong US-Israel relationship. Yeah, very lucrative pressure group. Um, how they do this they go to like loads of conventions like party conventions they fund a few things back of house this is how iron triangles exist um bit of u.s politics lesson but yes that is how they lobby and they basically go and make meetings with congressional members senator members um sometimes you know members of the executive so the presidential office um and they just continually like flies here, there, da, 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 da. are you funding this? Are you doing that? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? I can benefit you on a local level if you do this and da, 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 all that kind of stuff. So this is what I'm saying. Does Diddy have the stamina and the organization or the people in this party, this newly established party to really do that? Because APAC is the most influential or one of the most influential um, pressure groups and it was founded I'm just looking now in 1963 so is he really as Chopin made the point here in Eden the collision of their points are they really here for the long run and how are they going to pressure the, the Biden executive and government if this comes to play if he wins you know because this isn't just some flashy thing come to the Diddy house come to the party you know my next da -da 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 -da. this isn't that this isn't you know let's make a little campaign hip-hop song this isn't that this is organized legislative meetings where you were discussing policies that help black community because it's very much centered around the black community um it's about the tax plan that we just spoke about with 50 Cent, lobbying for that. If that is what Diddy wants, probably not. But it's about lobbying for, you know, black jobs, which is what Ice Cube was trying to do. And then the Republican Party kind of responded to him versus the Democrat Party, which didn't. Um, so, yeah, it's about really going through with legislative policy and real action points, not flashy parties and let me just go and do a speech at the congressional ball, you know, if Joe Biden wins. So this is what I'm saying. Like we need, we need to just really have our thinking hats on here because Diddy, all I'm seeing is statements and no examples of how the statements are going to turn into actions. That's what I'm seeing here. So I agree with Eden. How are they going to lobby and how are they going to hold them to account? You know, that's the statement. How, how are you going to, because you've said it, but how? The Where's one thing the I will say though, is this is really good um for seeing who's all talk yes and what yeah. i mean by that is there are a lot of celebrities and like black activists and kind of um artists that release music that are talking about oh we need to decriminalize the police we need to do this we need to do that but if there's an actual party that exists now and you've got all these black millionaires talking about we need to find a way to do this and there is a viable option on how to do it it's going to reveal who's actually just all talk, who's actually just putting it on an album or a song. Um, and I, I want to see who kind of engages with that. I want to see if Jay-Z works with this party. I want to see if the likes of, um, I don't know, like Common, for example, interacts with this party. I want to see the people that always talk about black liberation um, and kind of challenge the status quo. Even the black capitalists that are always talking about get your money up and you'll be fine, all those types of things. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what you do with the money that you have now, because for the longest time you've used your platforms to talk about black liberation and 
you've you i haven't seen you do a lot of things with that except make music which is helpful but there are other things you can be doing as well um so we'll see what happens but i don't know i just want to make that clear i don't know i don't trust diddy and that's because of his past but i'm also yeah. aware that people can change whether diddy can is another conversation but for now we'll see what happens with this party um but yeah cool um we'll move on to the last topic um <sighs> okay let's do this let's do this um sars so we are going to talk about a specific angle on this tragic event that happened happening and yeah happened happening still a constantly evolving situation which needs to be resolved which sadly like i just don't know when that's gonna happen but um yeah we send our support as we did in the beginning and we will be retweeting resources and actionable things to do um if a fund becomes available again um because i know the feminist um took down the fund recently um but if any that are secure because i know the government are watching everything right now um becomes available we will share and donate as well of course but um let's get into the story so this is going to be about beyonce sorry beyonce stands like we're just going to get really into it now um and just talk about what happened and the foolishness on all levels including stands but let's get into it so this all started with the lovely beautiful amazing artist who's trying to use her platform right now tiwa savage okay we love you and we support you and we are not against you well i'm not so let's just get that really clear now. yeah because she's making a lot of sense she's making and yes the album is very 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 good and like it's a long time coming personally like it was it's just stream celia guys honestly such a good album like she's she's so talented like super talented but um <clears throat> so <laughs> mate, I just don't even know where to start, but Tiwa Savage made um a twenty uh minute video um with just calling out people and just saying that we need to speak up um about SARS, especially, you know, Beyonce, there was a call to arms because of Black is King. She specifically referenced um the fact that she used creators from the continent and we know they were paid. Like we know. We know there was contracts set up. There's no one who's called out that the business practice of um, Black is King's creation. But what she's saying is investing in the continent in this way, um, and using specifically Nigeria as well throughout filming. Um is means that you have to call out it's not just a, a cute photo op you know you've got to call out when these actions are happening um and that is what happened then the stands came in this week earlier this week um called her out said she's ungrateful because if anyone didn't know obviously tiwa savage is rock nation affiliated um and obviously was a part of the project so yeah, there was calls outs there. I don't even want to get into some of the comments, but they were just ugly, very ugly comments um, towards Tiwa Savage, um, just saying ungrateful, all of this kind of foolishness, in my opinion. <clears throat> but it got worse. It got worse. 
it got worse guys it got worse so um beyonce's long-term publicist yvette no is it sure like chope do you know last name sure yeah just want to make sure that pronunciation but yes she um called she was the first to kind of speak out in reference to all the tea with savage debacle um she made a long statement um kind of supporting beyonce number one um and essentially saying that she didn't need to speak out which was which was super disappointing to see um she responded directly to calls from tea with savage for example um, posts don't make you an activist, actions make you an activist, whether in the background or out in the streets, we all choose um, a different path to get it done, blessed are those who do not see yet they believe actions speak louder than posts, stop judging s.t.o.p. Got worse, well not at the end, um, so then t- um, not only did Tiwa Savage get a message from Beyonce's publicist? But um, Tina Knowles, Beyonce's mother, if you don't know, you should know. But um, she jumped in on Instagram. Um, yeah, this is ugly. I'm not going to read it all. But, <sighs> mate, this is just a lot. This is a lot. Um, wow. Part of the statement was saying, what profiting off you did she do? She made art. She is an artist. That is what artists do. She is not your political leader. Tell her to stop making political music then, Tina. Um, and not your whipping board. Um, they saw a 30-second trailer and critics and couch activists attacked. Yes, I said it. And I meant it. They came out and did their usual thing about her being a culture vulture and saying some of the most ugly and vile things about her and were totally not true and insults galore. Someone that was on the last project who, by the way, is in constant contact with her team, decided that instead of contacting her team and asking her to post to assist in the spreading the world, I am appalled that they would get on social media and do it. Why not ask the people who are dealing with all the time on her team? I don't understand that. I'm sure at the same time she was not thinking straight because of the trauma that the country was facing. But come on. I had enough. I've had enough, sorry, of the hating. (laughs) And I'm personally tired of the attack. Sorry, I'm literally close to laughing at the foolishness of all of this. I'm close to laughing, not in Nigeria. Please, Nigerians, don't cover for me. Like, it's not that. This is pathetic. Personally, this is pathetic. This is absolutely bottom of the barrel. She needs to deactivate. She needs to go on a retreat, which is a privilege at this point. She needs to go on a retreat and she needs to stop the foolishness. She needs to stop. But yes, she deleted this um, shortly after and has been posting all about SARS ever since. Um, And Beyonce did, for anyone who was wondering, she did make a statement saying she was heartbroken about SARS. This was like a day after um, 
Rihanna's statement and all the other celebrity statements like Sweetie and all of that. Um, but <sighs> yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm not, I can't even go into more nuances of this patheticness, but that is the gist of the story. You guys got what you needed in terms of that. Um, Naomi Campbell's also a fob. But, um, An we absolute will literally, she's a fob. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? Sweetie is ironically the one that's dealt with this the best in Hollywood. One of the, the best, you know, so far. But um, weirdly enough, but yeah, anyway, what do you guys think of this foolishness, specifically Tina Knowles and Beyonce's publicist um, and Beyonce's lack of response initially? Shopee, I think you should go first on this one. I would like to go last because I, don't, I need to see how you two are going to corner me. Um, Corner you. Proceed. Corner you? Shopee, you've already let us know by your little anecdotes that you're on the right side of this story. <laughs> like, I didn't think you wouldn't be. I feel, I feel like you've tweeted from the account as well, calling her out. So, no, but if, if like, you can go first. I feel like you're fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's not an attack. All right. Um, for me, I'm I'm not surprised by this whatsoever. Um, at all. Um, I think people don't really understand the responsibility that they have when it comes to making art in a certain country and then not performing in that country, not bringing revenues into that country, and also not speaking on the issues as well. And the reason I speak about this, and it is kind of an agenda as well, is Beyonce went to Jamaica a while ago um, <laughs> to record a music video. And there was a situation where no one could go to that area. And my question, they locked off they the roads off and the everything. Roads, yeah. And my thing was, she's never yeah. had a concert or performed in Jamaica either. She just went there to record the vibes and left. So no concerts, just vibes. Um, <laughs> that might have... And I have a massive issue with that. I, I have a massive issue with that. And I've spoken about this many times and I've been called a Beyonce hater. I've been called someone who doesn't like Beyonce, who just wants to say negative things about her and the all of the above, really. Um, even though repeating quite a few times, I actually do like her music. And I understand that for her as a black woman, it might be hard for her to talk about certain things that are going on. But in this situation, I find what she said very disrespectful. I find... Well, not what she said, but the way her publicist handled it, the way her her mother handled it as well. Her own mother as well. I thought it lacked a lot of awareness of um, culture, of global impacts, of um, of America, and the effects that neo-colonialism are having on these countries. Um, and also, I was seeing a lot of stands saying that people are being ungrateful, like Nick said before, which to me tells me where your politics lie, because... You as a person cannot have an album and a music video that garners as many views and um, as downloads and listens as it did and not speak about issues that you borrowed from that culture. That doesn't make sense. It's it's unfair. And also Joe Yakan, he spoke on it last um, episode, well, not last episode, but the episode before last, um, where he spoke when I asked him about um, what he thought about people who went to the country and didn't speak on the culture. He said, what are they going to do? Sing Brown Skin Girl, um, Brown Skin Sars, sorry, Stop Killing Our Boys. And really and truly, this is exactly what he spoke about. He actually predicted what was going to happen. People love to do this thing when it comes to black people, black liberation, black countries, where they talk about Africa like it is a mythical place, like it's Atlantis. They talk about... Um, they talk about black countries like we need to return to the motherland. We need to do all of this and all of that. And then when it comes time to defend 
our our heritage, our culture, our traditions, what we believe in, and especially where we came from as well. They suddenly go silent and it becomes an ungrateful kind of accusation and conversation. I'm actually very, very proud of Tiwa Savage for actually speaking up on this because it is career suicide. Like, we know talking on Beyonce comes with um, backlash. We've seen people get doxxed by stands. We've seen people be in people's um, mentions and attack them. And this is something that goes on um, quite frequently. And I understand why. I understand why um, people see Beyonce as the epitome of black excellence in America, especially for black women. Um, they see Jay-Z as well as someone who is doing a lot of great work for black Americans and black people. But at the same time, there are people back home in the countries that they are championing that they are not talking about. And that is my issue. That's where it lies. And that is why when Black is King came out and I started to say, you guys watch and see what happens with this when something happens in Africa. I said that on the Instagram when it came out. Now something has happened and everyone was like, oh, Eden, you're just being a hater. You hate Beyonce. You don't like Beyonce. This is why you're saying this. All of that. Listen, it's happened now. So what are you guys saying? What, what are you, what are you actually going to say to me now that what I have said has come true? When it comes to black issues, they do not speak on black issues. They speak on black American issues. And I've said this a myriad of times. And, you know, the first time I became vocal about um, my issue when it came to black capitalism was when I saw Beyonce go to the Caribbean and lock off areas and not not tour or bring money to the capital. That is when, and I, I, look, there's probably people she paid from the Caribbean to like record things and like um, block off certain areas and stuff like that. The optics are off though. The optics are very much off. You will tour in, in, in the US, but when you go to Jamaica, you won't host a small festival. You won't talk about local talent. You won't do any of that. And I, I don't mean to make this about Jamaica, but there is a connection there. And I do think it's a massive issue. Now, when it comes to um, Tina knows, I'm not calling her Miss Tina, I'm sorry. But when it comes to her and her statement, very disrespectful, very American, if I'm being honest, in terms of capitalist and the idea that Americans don't owe people anything and that you should be able to speak for yourself or the above. I am disgusted. I am. It makes me sick to my stomach that people can put that on Instagram about black people as a black woman herself. I don't care who says it. When it comes to our own people being killed by our own governments and people aren't saying anything, people with millions of followers, I don't understand how you can sit there and say people are being ungrateful. I don't understand that. People are dying. There are people, there are students, people that had their whole lives ahead of them that have died at the result of police officers. And your response to that is when someone says, Beyonce, can you please help us? Your response is, well, she's been on the album and she's she's in contact with us behind the scenes. Again, people are dying. And, you're, and you want to kind of almost act like you're being, um, like you're showing empathy by saying, oh, she's probably in the moment of like grieving and all of these types of things. If you knew that, why are you releasing a kind of an Instagram picture where you attack this person? It just seems like very, very obvious to me where people's loyalties lie in terms of when it comes to Africa and speaking about issues in Africa and issues in the Caribbean, but mainly Africa right now because we're talking about NSARS, but it's very obvious to me. And 
I'd, I'm not the type of person to do I told you so because it's very egotistical. But next time something comes out about Africa and Beyonce is mentioned, do not come to me on social media and say Eden hates Beyonce. Do not do it. Because I told you so. Cool. Yeah, like, uh, again, I think I would just echo the sentiments there. Um, my critique can come at anyone at any time. I've critiqued my favourite, J. Cole. I've critiqued Drake, although I love Drake's music or some of Drake's music. Um, Jay-Z, <laughs> like, there's one of the strongest runs in hip-hop, period. I will still critique you, like, 100%. Um, Nas, you know, still gonna do it. Um, so with Beyonce, I could not care less about you stupid stands. You stupid stands. Like, literally, you are stupid. You are dumb. You have personality disorders and that is not even making fun of you you guys need to go and seriously divest from Beyonce from that lens as a stan and need to kind of get some some help like that is really serious like I'm not even trying to be funny here like this is a problem stan as we say in the podcast we've had episodes on this it's a problem you guys have an issue and it's time to get some help like for real for real for real for real um for real like seriously it's scary to me um anyway um yeah Beyonce was in the wrong for, for I guess not speaking up immediately like as soon as the issue came to her kind of um her mind her state of play and no one can tell me that it wasn't as her in the front of her mind from before because her mum and publicist spoke out before her statement went live so let's talk about that um let's also talk about the fact that we can talk about Beyonce's investment with African aesthetics. Yeah, obviously the Lion King plot is based in Africa. We know, we know. But um, there were some deliberate imagery um, portrayals there that kind of um, honed in on different tribal aesthetics, different cultures, etc., etc. So yeah, you do have a due diligence to then talk about the issues within said cultures or tribes or whatever um, when those issues come to light. Yes, this wasn't a standard that older artists were subjected to, but we've we've grown, we've learned social order and social standards can change. Um, and this is definitely how they've evolved into the 2010s and now. Um, and even the early 2000s in a way, even if we look at a Kanye West like and what he spoke about and him using his platform to critique Bush and all of that like there's been evolution you know and there is a new standard and sorry we will what well, I will hold you to that standard um you played in activism aesthetics um when you put the police car in the ocean and stuff like that you were not an activist um I'm so sorry about it and I'm so sorry who has to hear that she is not an activist she's co-opting aesthetics has she funded the likes of Trayvon Martin and their parents and stuff? Yeah, she has. But still, artistically, she's using activism mistakes while not being an activist. We can call a spade a spade. Um, and we we can absolutely do that. Uh, even the self-titled and feminism, some of the co-opting there and stuff like that, then you still stand on stage and, you know, and lead her while your husband's in a suit, still kind of um, reflecting the kind of uh, suppression of women when when next to men and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot, there's a lot we can talk about. There's a lot, 
I don't have time to talk about it all today, but there's a lot. Um, so when we get to this statement, she has a social responsibility now. It's just, it's been, number one, it's being a decent human being. And number two, as I said before, it's the social order we're in now. We're in a new social standard. So if I see that Tiva Savage gets dropped in a couple of months, I'm going to be looking at that very sus. Um, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, that's gonna be really showing your hand in a whole different way to how it's showing your hand right now. Um, you know, even looking at, like, look at, like, I'm not even trying to compare celebrities, but like looking at Rihanna, like instantly probably spent two hours educating herself on this scenario when it really blew up mid this week, made her statement and it is what it is. Look at Sweetie teaming up with O'Malley, creating an Instagram live using her platform. Like it's really not hard here Beyonce it's not hard we're not asking for theses we're not asking for paragraphs of faux knowledge what we're asking for is you to use your platform and open the purse like that's what we're asking for and that might be happening in the background but why don't you direct your little stands who are crazy to those funds so they can crazily donate to the continent and to Nigeria specifically and to the protesters or spread awareness you know to their stories and stuff um very disappointing very disheartening you need to get your mother in check you need to get your mother in check because tina as a mother is probably in her ego bag and in her delusional bag right now um very disappointing very shameful very disgusting couch activist hello digital activism exists in 2020 educate yourself um google is very free um it's a shame. It, it really is disappointing that we are going into kind of wars based on diaspora, wars based on who's speaking up versus who's not. Because as Eden just said, people are dying right now. Um, it's just really, it's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame. It's, it's ugly. It's ugly to me. It's ugly. Um, and of course, as I said, I did tweet this, like celebrities will not save us. I'm very much still on that stance and that will be the hill that I die on whenever that is, that celebrities won't save us. I think if this week has shown you anything with 50 Cent, with Diddy and the dissection of his faux activism at some times, with this news topic, um, with ugh, our first news topic, whatever, that a relevant person, um, that celebrities won't save us in any capacity. They won't. Um, divest from celebrity culture if you can on a personal level, um yeah and it you know Beyonce showed her ass she really did she really really did um it's funny man that statement was forced out that statement was not going to come out if people didn't critique her I'm telling you that right now for free that would not have come out that would not have seen the light of day if the controversy was not um brought to light and if her if her own signees one of the signees affiliated with Jay-Z's label um didn't call her out and then shame her essentially into posting um she would not have posted um you know it's <laughs> yeah i all i can do is laugh there's only rare exceptions the likes of like thing mensa um and some other people who have their own foundations and stuff and truly are committed to activism jaden smith um i'll call out willow um all of all them them kinds them kinds of people who genuinely um care about causes you know and will will speak up you know but apart from that exceptions to the rule celebrity culture is a disease let's destroy it let's kill it well on a personal level let's divest as much as we can because yeah but yeah Beyonce showed your ass 
showed your ass. I'm not trying to put my ego in this because I really don't care. My pe- my care is with people on the ground right now who are dying at this precise moment. But um, yes, showed your ass. That's all I'm going to say. And Tina showed your ass too in the PR about people don't have to speak up. Go fucking wash your eyes in acid, love. Go wash your eyes in some acid because you are an idiot. You are an asinine idiot. Like, you are so dumb. Like, so dumb. So ignorant. Like, how dare you how actually dare like you're, you're, you're trying to get me mad right now like thinking about that statement you are at least you know it's not even at least with tina but tina was on one side but the publicist dumber than dumb dumber than dumb dumber than dumb like absolutely non-human non-considerate like i just don't get where the mindset comes from here like you guys are a bunch of clowns um and i'm so glad that certain people are just getting revealed in the light of who they really are because we knew this we've been knowing this um you know stop using the um continent for aesthetics stop using activism for aesthetics and just present what you really are because that's what we really want to see who are you really like who are you really because you've just shown to be a bunch of clowns your next album could be called clowns you know take some inspiration from takashi and do what you gotta do because I'm done at this point. I'm done. Right. So <laughs> there's so many places and so many angles I can look at this topic. I guess first and foremost, um, I will say I'm disappointed in my girl. Very disappointed in her. And this actually isn't the first. She's had quite a few blunders this year in regards to how she's responded to things and even other actions that have taken place and around Black is King, before Black is King, George Floyd. Um, so I'll start there by saying that just in case there are people out there who think because I'm a stand that this wouldn't have irritated me. Just want to make that clear because I'm sure people out there thinking, no, I'm sure people wouldn't have cared. Um, um, like I said, I've always prided myself on being one of the sensible members of the Beehive, the sensible ones, the rational ones. Because um, I, I did see some disgusting, appalling comments and commentary and quotes from the Beehive and people, some people that I follow, some people that I follow, and even some that I know personally. I'm just like, you guys are actually ridiculous. Well, Shaw Page, you know what? Shaw Page, you know what? Unfollowing is free, three ninety nine. Yeah. That's what's what we we got to do. I was like, I just, some fools. I just saw idiots. some. You guys are literally delusional, and I saw people caping under Miss Tina's comments like, "Yes, Queen, you better drag them." I'm like, "But you were doing Black Lives Matter a few months ago, but why is it?" And then some. This is another thing I've seen. I've seen some Black British people be so American centric. But you have a, a deeper connection to this than Congo and Namibia than the American victims. But yeah, you're silent, and yet you're. Uh, contributing to the ignorance and these faux pas that from these celebrities that that's just really baffling to me like oh i'm super working super work but we're very quiet when it comes to to um to african issues or caribbean issues or you know if you're gonna go even fur- or further it's always always black straight men or black straight women it's never oh when is a queer life or a trans life oh suddenly you're silent um a lot of you fake twitter people out there you securing trump trauma clout and doing your tweets and your threads the moment these things happen anywho we're not going into that because a lot basically a lot of you irritate me with this week a lot of you a lot of you irritated me um um so with the tea was savage thing i don't like this narrative that she called out beyonce because she actually was very respectful 
I don't like that. There was a whole like literally. <laughs> she was actually very respectful. She didn't say anything mean. She was just like. She, I swear she literally just said Beyonce calling on you. I think that's all she said. I think that's all she said. Yeah, it was like, it was a line like that. It was like very like you know it was she wasn't like um being agitated or anything like she was just like it was a very standard thing to say like Beyonce calling on you like okay fair, but then the stands just they just went an uproar and I do I do see well, some people did say that because obviously she I guess knows the team person she could have done that behind us which I is fair. That's fair. That's a fair point to make. But there's also nothing wrong with her saying it publicly either. Because she wasn't rude about it. Like, she wasn't, like, saying, you dumb bitch. I'm speaking about um, Black as King just yet. What You know what I mean? <laughs> she didn't do anything like that. She was very respectful. She was very calm. She was very polite. And so I want to start off by saying that I'm definitely on team, uh, team Savage. And also back to these, um, these American stands that I saw. I saw some very, 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 very asinine anti-African sentiments from a lot of you about Beyonce shouldn't work with you niggas again and how ungrateful you are she put you guys on blah 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 first and foremost I hope you know before Black is King and I enjoyed the album yeah. the gift album was a great project the, mo- the movie not so much for, for, well I mean I did but for not the reasons I was supposed to um, Black is King to me was the def- was the literal and I mean this in a nice way it was the definition of great gouts and I'm a stand saying that um, but the, the album slaps. Love the album. Incredible album. Love love the album. Love the songs. Um, so T was Savage had a career before Black is King. Yemi Lade had a career before Black is King. Um, Moonchild, Sonelli had a career before Black is King. Yes, of course, they benefited from the great profile you get from being touched with. Of course, you'll benefit. And, you know, it's amazing. And I do, and I do respect um, Beyonce for that. Like, you know, she really did, you know, elevate the profile of a lot of people. No, we have to give her that credit. Like, you know, the the musicians she worked with, the producers, the also the directors, designers, amazing. I sh- you know, so ranks to her. Great. However, the way some of these stands were commenting was just like, I just really see how you all all of you so Black Lives Matter, but it's like I see it's not intersectional, it's not international either. Your Black Lives Matter um tweets and threads and activism and social posting. It's very, very American centered, very cis. Uh, heterocentered, yeah. So that's just so I just saw some disgusting things with that. Um, so when it comes to so I was so when it comes to the whole statement thing, I was very surprised, and I do know that Beyonce doesn't necessarily comment on every atrocity that happens in the world, but she has she has she's not like Kendrick Lamar where she says nothing all the time because if she if she was that kind of person then she wouldn't have got dragged because Kendrick doesn't say anything. There are celebrities who literally never speak out on these things like ever. If she was one of those, I think she'd be left alone. But because she has commented in the past on other things, she does kind of have like, I guess, not a reputation per se, but I guess you've known to use your platform, use use your voice. So why was there such deafening silence on this? Especially when you had literally three months ago just released a whole um movie about the beauty and wonder of Africa. You know, I just was very, very, very surprised by that. And I was kind of disappointed in her. Like I said, you know, I'm a stan, that's my girl. But I was like, sis, please, where are you? Where's your voice? Now, I will say this. And this um, I do think that I do think there is like some hypocrisy here. Like some people always say that you don't have to tweet to show your support. But then the same people were saying the exact same, saying the exact opposite. But so that's the conversation to ha- to be had but i'm sorry in this case beyonce just car i'm sorry there was no choice you had to say something like it was, i'm sorry like you literally did a whole movie about this you had to speak 
Shope, that's the point. Like she, because she made her love letter to Africa, there's different context, like you just said. It's not like, she kind of had to put something out, like you said. Um, you can't make a love letter to Africa and then be silent. You can't, you just can't. So that's too, so, so that. And then now I'm going to get into the publicist and uh, Tina Knowles, well, Miss Tina. Um, so all, once again, also just rubbed me the wrong way reading both those posts and reading how reactionary and how emotional, especially Tina's was. And also Tina, I'm gonna get to in a bit, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to like, yeah, I have some comments for you. I'm sorry, like, actually I'm not sorry. You said a lot of bullshit, it was very disrespectful, very distasteful, um, just like those outfits you designed for your children back in 2001. Anyway, um, um, so. I wasn't expecting that. Oh. It's well, I feel, I feel like it's well known that the outfits, I'm so glad this is how I got a different designer after 2003 because Tina just wasn't doing it. The outfits that she was making for them were, were wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and like, I know it was the 90s, but even wow, even then, wow. Some of those outfits she was creating, wow. Thank God they, thank God they leveled up. Anywho, that's not the point. Um, uh, so, Avet, I just was very confused because Avet is an amazing publicist. She is someone that I look up to. She is like, no, she doesn't only just do PR for Beyonce. She looks after Chloe and Halle. She looks after Buju Banton. She looks after Nas. Like, she's a great publicist. Like, her work is amazing. I wanted to write a book one day, to be honest. But I don't understand why you, as a publicist, who your job is to, you know, scour and navigate the media and, you know, manipulate the media. Why would you make a statement? Why would you, the publicist, make a statement on behalf of your client? You. Why? Why? And not only that, you were just so tone deaf and so wrong and strong. And yes, that is, it's true. You don't have to always post to show your support. And I do believe Beyonce probably was doing stuff behind the scenes. She's been known, it's important that she does do a lot of work behind the scenes. It's very well known, yes. But like I said, in this case, she had to speak publicly. In this case. If it was just another black american life to speak up not that not that i would um should have been left aside but it would have been like oh okay fine should, should have come out on everything but this i'm sorry you had to and it just felt very emotional and it just didn't feel like a bit had her pr hat on she just felt like they're attacking my my client whatever why would why would the publicist make us i just i just was so confused as someone who is a publicist i just didn't i just didn't Get it. What you should have been doing was working internally behind the scenes, telling her what to say, what to post, blah 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 blah. That's what you should have been doing, and that you should have been sending out a press release. Blah. blah. You, that's what you should have been doing. Doing your job. We don't want to hear events personal um, comments. Um, as for Tina, um, I don't care if your family was going through personal struggles. Um, Effie, we all got pain. Life is tough. Life's hard for everyone. Because she kept she kept mentioning like, oh, there was something going on in the family. Okay, post. All right, okay. We all have we have struggles. We all have like that's not an excuse, my dear. It's not an excuse. And I also was getting this sense of like this ungrateful, um, this ungrateful African you ungrateful niggers um, from her tone about the whole she the whole album. Yes, but that's not the point. Yes, yes, that album did do wonders for people who are on the continent on the ground. Like like I said, the shout to the designers that she elevated, the photographers, the writers. 100%. She's up to their bag, up to their profile. I'm sure they'll be doing very well now as a result of the project. Hello. But there's the everyday common man, the everyday common woman, 
who is going through treacherous things in that country. Something that I've seen first time primarily myself on my visits to Nigeria. I've never seen it um escalate to the levels that that we're having now, but I've seen like I've seen how they could get there. Because being stopped when you were driving home from somewhere in Nigeria, it's it's yeah, it's very scary. Same with my cousins, my uncles, my aunties, my parents when they were living there. I've heard many, many stories about how uh awful the uh Nigerian police system is. And I've seen it. Uh it's just it's wow, it's madness. But anywho, so I just didn't I just didn't get it. And I just I just felt it was just very, very off brand and just not a good look. And be honest, I hope you dragged your publicist and your mom because Unfortunately, even though your own statement was was perfect, your own statement, but it was just kind of soiled by what had happened in the days before. Uh, I left a very bad taste in your mouth. Because if if Tina had said nothing, and they had said nothing, then you'd do a statement. You still would have been dragged because you took it too long. But at least you did something. But it just now seems so... It just seems so forced. And even though I'm sure the intentions are there, and, you know, shout out to her, you know, she did um, put a list of organisations and places to donate on, the website, on her website, which is amazing. Um, but the fact that it came after the 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 terrible missteps of your mother and publicist, it just just wasn't the one. It just was not the one. And I will say, I do think that people do hold her to a different standard compared to other celebrities. But I guess it's like you know, that's part of the parcel of being you know one of the biggest black celebrities in the world. Like you know, you gotta take it on the chin. People are going to speak to speak out on these things. But I will, I do agree with that too i think people hold it a different standard and i guess some could say that's unfair because she's still a human at the end of the day yeah she's an artist she's a platform but she's a human like like you and i but you know that comes the territory of your job and you know especially because you've been very uh you've been very uh what's the word you've you've weaved in a lot more uh political nuances into your music in the last few years and imagery which i have enjoyed as a fan i've enjoyed seeing you grow in that way but that comes with responsibility. Because you might, if you were still doing, you know, single ladies and sweet dreams, I wouldn't be expecting shit from you. But, you know, you're, you're, you're at a different place in your life, musically and artistically. So I'm going to need to see some of the same actions brought uh, when you're not in the studio, when you're not doing your many various projects, you know? So um, that is all I have to say. So to all the people who think um, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a dumb be, beehive member, has no sense of separation and compartmentalizing f you thanks i think that was really important because um and when i say that i mean what shopee just said because he did humanize beyonce which is something i feel like because of my emotion and the fact that i've been speaking about this for a while isn't something that i did um so obviously what shopee said is correct she is a human being there is a lot of pressure of being in her position and everything and she didn't ask necessarily for the attention that she gets um, although she was working towards it but saying that at the same time this whole situation whilst people were dying on the street mm. for me would the optics were just disgusting and it, evo it invoked a kind of emotional response for me because i just don't believe it's fair i just don't believe it's fair for these artists finally get their break like if we're talking about tiwa savage and like we have to talk and admit that tiwa savage is in her late 30s now and she's getting her break now like people knew about her she was known in nigeria and everything but in a global appeal she's getting her break now and for a lot of nigerians in our conversation with joey akan last week and conversations i've had with loads of nigerians as well this attention to africa is important but like joey akan said when we interviewed him 
Some people are waiting for when the, the attention diverts away from Africa and what happens afterwards. And I kind of question what happens because this idea of gratefulness is, like Chopin said, disgusting. Um, and I know from the Dats account, I could see who was tweeting all of the anti-African sentiments with their um, pro-American, oh, people always ask black Americans to do this and do that type of stuff. I know who they are. I know their names. Not going to say we them, but you. I know who they are. Pardon? We saw you. We we did see you. And what you said was disgusting. Um, you sat in your house of privilege on your phone, on Twitter, typing about how people are begging for the attention from black Americans. And black and and black Nigerians were dying on the street. To me, that makes me incredibly emotional and, and upset. Seeing this, and and this is such an interesting one because this is a a black issue that's kind of an intra black issue because this isn't white people. Well, actually, no. Well, Britain, you know, has their contribute they're contributing to SARS. So white people are always involved somehow. Always, you know, that's what they do. Never mind their business. Um, but what I mean by that is that the perpetrators are black. Mm as well as the victims and i just when i'm seeing the various reactions i'm just like this is why we'll never overcome <laughs> this is why we'll never this is why we'll never overcome this is why i can't help but be like a racial person yeah. sometimes because even though like you know i do i do hope for the day that uh all of us in our various shades and communities um you know the the many ways black people can exist can come together some of the things i saw this week was just wow and I also, like I said, just also, like, really, I have to say again, like, some of these black British people that I follow, well, that when it was all George Fulham, Breonna Taylor, your posts were everywhere, everywhere. And rightly so. But why is it when it's an African issue now? And rightly so. Crickets? You're posting your selfie. But I, I also I also don't think people are doing the maths as well. Like, when it comes to Black Lives Matter and the conversation about police brutality and the way that it's a racially charged thing, and now you've got Nigeria... And it is black police officers killing black people. People may ask the question of, oh, is it racism? Or is it just the fact that black people do this? Or black people are like this? And that conversation can travel to the States. It can travel to the UK. And anywhere there's a black diaspora. So, and I, I don't... I, Eden, and Google also, is free. But also, I don't think Google we need to say that. Google is free. Like, why do we need to imagine ourselves in the positions of harm to actually understand and empathize with other people? Like, I'm I'm not Nigerian. I know that for a fact. Well, I don't, I don't know about my ancestry. That's just something that comes with being West Indian. But as my last descendants are West Indian, I'm not Nigerian, but I feel the pain of people crying because they feel so helpless. And in their country, they're being attacked by police officers who, who are there to protect them. Black police officers, people that come from their communities who grew up in the country. It's not like an American issue where it's, it's, it's well, actually, let me not speak like I'm an expert, but I'm assuming it's not like in America where the systemic issue is a racial element as well. Like it's black people killing black people on a mass scale for the government, for a corrupt government. And people's families and people back home are suffering. And... Yeah, man. I know I'm going around in circles, but I just feel like I'm really disgusted right now. I'm I'm really disgusted. I just feel like a lot of people failed Nigerians and there was an opportunity for black solidarity and we weren't there for the motherland that you guys keep quoting in your songs. And I just... We aren't there yet. I, I, I don't know. But the thing is, when we say there yet, why is it Do always you know what imagined? I just said? We, we, this is why we won't overcome. There's... 
we aren't there yet. We, just, we listen. We aren't there. I'm sorry. We aren't there. There are people that were in Ghana and Nigeria for aesthetics. We are. We aren't there. Like we aren't. You know, there are people doing up luxury when they go back home. Don't care about. There's the so people, much. Don't care about class. Like there's so much to be done. In so many different ways we aren't, and people haven't picked up the books to get there. They haven't picked. There's, they haven't had the so conversations to, to get there. They haven't. They just have There's so much to be done. It, it, it's the sad reality. It's really sad, but we aren't there. And all we can do is, all we can do is have conversations and point people that we, in our close proximity, have the, uh, to point them in the right direction, as far as we know it to be, um, and use our platforms, which I get all of us have been doing in various ways. So, you know, and it's not an ego stroke. <laughs> this is not for me to say tick box. I did, did It's not that. But what I'm saying is this is all we can do in this scenario and donate, of course, and give back and all this kind of can stuff. I, but can I just say just quickly, because I don't want us to forget, shout out to DJ Switch. Yes, 100%. I've been watching all week, her. literally. Be- because literally there was a video she posted on IG Live explaining her emotions and what she wanted and what happened in the moment and all of the black nigerian women i know there were black men who died as well but nigerian women who came together to protect their country and their rights as human beings like i'm always amazed by black women like i know we shouldn't put that pressure on them and talk about them like they're a monolith or anything like that but when it comes to our movements i only let me not say only but i mostly see black women there protecting the rights of all of us black queer women black straight women uh trans women all of all of the um as shope said before which i think was excellent um black people what do you say all of the ways that they come or something like that the intersection all the way that we exist honestly and truly i I applaud you and it's a shame that sometimes you're not supported, but what you've done is amazing and you've inspired all of us. Um, but yeah, that's all I had to say on this. Oh, I want to do some shout outs too. Can I shout out um, Kevin Coyer? Um, literally love you. Like my heart is with you. Um, on uh, Like my heart is with you. Like, thank you for educating me earlier this week. Thank you for your conversation. I will find a way to donate to you. I know you don't want me to find, like do your PayPal and stuff, but I will find a way to somehow get some kind of funding to you. Um, You, yeah, there's, I'm speechless. Like with the, with the night that we all had the other night Um, and just keep fighting if you can Um, and sleep, sleep, please sleep. If you, hear this or if anyone that knows him like in the on the continent in Nigeria right now if you know him as a protester just tell him to sleep I'm begging you like make him sleep um I I um, also do some shout yeah, outs I want um, to say. shout out uh Vincent Desmond and Matthew Blaze um they've been very well so Vincent is a, Niger- a Nigerian writer he's been he's been writing for years but he's really done an amazing job he's passed few weeks really documenting and writing about the situation and just also just sharing loads of information and resources so I'll shout out to him and I also want to shout out Matthew Blaze who I mentioned just now he's a um a radical queer human right human rights activist in Nigeria who's also been doing a lot of amazing work in educating people and speaking out over the last few weeks so a shout out to those two people 
it was very helpful all right so it's been a packed episode full of comments about political stances but also um making sure we have an awareness to what's going on in nigeria and all of the african countries at the moment um i know we haven't spoken on what's going on but we are aware of what's going on with congo um what's also going on around the world as well um especially in africa so um like we said um there will be more information on our our twitter page so go to dat's pod we'll be retweeting and posting um links and donation play pages and petitions and anything to support these countries as they go through these human rights um violations um but guys i'm aware this wasn't really a kind of like energetic episode we do like to come here and provide entertainment and talk about topics in depth but sometimes the world affects the way we come to this podcast and for me personally it's been hard trying to even think about music while what's going on is going on um so i say that to say thank you guys for listening this is don't let the stands we are a music and culture podcast with a marks um focus on stand culture you can find us all individually at eads mckenzie i am n tyrell shop showerton um and like i said that's pod use the hashtag d-a-t-s-p-o-d if you engage with the episode if you like the episode please like and um, subscribe to the episode and review us if you can it does really help us and we're always appreciative for it as well and that is all for today guys thank you very much for listening and peace <laughs>